there, and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I want to thank you so much for being here with us and being a proactive parent, because I really believe that parents are the heroes. You're out there being getting the resources that you need for your child, and there are a lot of resources, and I know it can be overwhelming. And, uh, and, and as you know, a little bit about my story, I was told to drug my son and try behavioral therapies when he was diagnosed with autism, but I didn't want to do that either. I wanted to find what the causes were, uh, not just try to mask symptoms with dangerous drugs. So like you, I just continued to research and thankfully I did because today my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. So we want to get your child to the optimum, the best level that they can be at for their best health, better sleep, better digestion, better moods or control of their moods, the ability to focus in a classroom and get them healthy so they can live fulfilling lives and independent ones. Um, I know there was a day when I wasn't sure about that for my own son. Today, he is fully independent, lives away at college in his own apartment, and he's doing great. And I really want that for your kids. And I want that for your family, too. I know the stress that's involved. And because of the overwhelm, I have created my free online workshop for you to run through the four stages so you understand what needs to happen in autism recovery. And stage one, healing the gut. Stage two, natural, safe, heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing the co-infections like mold, Lyme, and strep. And then stage four is brain support and repair. And you can get that access to that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. No spaces, just free workshop. And please share that with anybody you know who you feel could benefit from this information. If you're in autism groups or if you have, whether it's Facebook or around your, your community, I do want people to know that that, that exists um, for them to, to help get their child better as well. And today we're talking about a really important subject um, that a lot of people ask me about, but we haven't done a show on it yet. And that's that's around prevention is what I, I I'll just leave that as a blanket term. But the topic today is maternal and paternal dietary interventions preconception. So things that you can do before you conceive. And then also we'll get into, okay, you've conceived and you found out maybe you're, you have toxins, what to do, what not to do, things like that. So really important uh, we, because whatever we have in our body, the toxins, our bodies use the baby, especially the first baby, the first, uh, first child is basically used as a sort of conduit for detoxification. So if you have mercury amalgam fillings, the mercury is going into the baby. If you have toxic exposure in your environment, the baby is getting a lot of that dumped into their system. So they're actually born with some susceptibilities already, some weaknesses. And then after they're born, depending on what happens um, with further environmental toxic exposure, then um, you know their system, the neurological system just can't take anymore. And we can end up with things like ADD, anxiety, or autism. And uh, I've, I've written a, um, a post and I'll, I'll link to anything we talked about on today's show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 63, just, just the number 63 because this is show number 63. And uh, next week, stay tuned. If you're not following me on Facebook already, please do so at, nat- at facebook.com forward slash naturallyrecoveringautism because I'll be giving a live webinar workshop next week and I want to make sure that you know about it and I'm going to be releasing that link on Facebook very soon. If you're on my email list already or if you're not, please get on it 
And uh, and that will be also going out in an email to anybody on my email list as well. Um, so today I want to introduce our guest, which is Jerry Brewster, who is a registered dietitian. She's been a clinician, nutrition educator, and health coach for over 30 years. Jerry began her clinical career specializing in pediatric and young adult developmental disabilities, including metabolic and gastrointestinal disorders, specialized tube feedings, dysphagia, autism, behavioral attention, and sensory and oral motor integration disorders, and eating disorders. Over the years, the practice expanded to include all aspects of special diets and nutrient supplementation for optimization of health for both acute and chronic disease for all age groups. She received her BS in human nutrition and foods from Virginia Tech, where she graduated summa cum laude, and her MPH at New York Medical School. Uh, She has advanced areas of study with the Institute in Functional Medicine and has served as adjunct professor for the University of Bridgeport's Master's in Nutrition program for several years and has a current practice maintained in New York City, Mount Kisco, New York. And she has also been uh, featured on CNN, CBS, WR, many other news and radio shows. So she's got a lot of experience and we're fortunate to have her here with us today uh, to to share some uh, guidance on the diet and nutrition. And again, we're going to kind of focus on that preconception aspect, but we will get into uh, some other things for you to be helpful with your child today as well. So Jerry, thank you so much for being here with us. I really appreciate you taking your time to do this for us today. Karen, it's such an honor to be here with you. You have um, most certainly walked the talk and and have provided so much um, valuable information and inspiration to parents um, with children who have been diagnosed. Um, And anyone who's taken the time to listen to your messages um, can easily see the application to many, even outside of the autism arena, so to speak. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm happy to help, and um, I I know how important it is. I mean, children are our future, and families are struggling with these 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 pieces and don't know what to do. And so, I really want to be able to be be a valuable resource. And again, naturally, without drugs and and dangerous side effects, but showing them what what's possible, and um, and giving and important, you know, not only the more information because there's a lot of it, but but how to pieces because I think that's important too. Yes. Yes, it, it is important. And the and to your point, even regarding medications, um, it's such a double-edged sword. Certainly there are many of us that might not have even lived to this day without certain medical interventions. So at times they are very definitely necessary. But very often on the medication side, um, people don't necessarily realize that that is not the be-all and end-all and that many of the medications that are prescribed do have significant nutritional interactions. And those side effects, some of the side effects that are listed, can be mitigated, again, with nutritional therapy so that if a medication is warranted, you can perhaps get the benefit and reduce the likelihood of the side effects if you're made aware of the drug-nutrient interactions and the metabolic side effects that are a potential there. So um, there is always there is always a reason for the nutritional piece to be paid attention to. Um, you know, being a registered dietitian and nutritionist, I 
I certainly believe nutrition is the foundation for self-optimization. Um, and I've, I've walked that talk my in, entire life and it's what I teach. So, um, in our lives and certainly anyone who is getting ready to have a family and they're in that uh, biological window, although again, through the miracles of modern science, um, really anyone at any age um, can can and at this time um, conceive and gestate um, a little one. So optimizing their health and well-being. I mean, we we look to that. It's all that we strive for, especially in this day where we're so bombarded with with ideas and information. So, you know, optimizing oneself is something we all strive for in, in school and in college, career, sports, um, activities, and, and all that life has to offer. So now we have to look at it from a parenthood standpoint, too. Right. We don't know when we are when we conceive that we're supposed to be turned into some type of a medical degree to, to help our children get better. <laughs> um, we need to take a really short break right here. When we come back, we're going to dive right into this topic. So, You're listening to Nationally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Please stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from... Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking about maternal and paternal dietary interventions pre conception. And we have Jerry Brewster here, a registered dietitian and nutritionist. And before the break, we were just starting to get into some of the aspects of, you know, when we have a child or, or before we have a child, knowing about the importance about of nutrition is essential because it really food is medicine. And we need to know that the bad foods, which we can talk about today too, the bad foods really do a lot of harm to cause inflammation and toxic overload and um and feeding pathogenic bacteria in the gut. So, um, Jerry, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, you know, for a parent, they're thinking about con- conception. Uh, some, you know, a lot of parents listening may be thinking about having another child, but I know that there are fears and concerns once there's a child, the first child or one of the first children has autism. What can they do for some preventative measures, especially around nutrition for their self? Um, can you give some some tips? Yeah, there? I mean that's definitely very significant, and certainly I think that for the families who already have a child diagnosed, that they are a little more tuned in to, about uh, cleaning up their diet and reducing body burden. Uh, sometimes it's the new families where this is not on their radar at all. Um, that we can all help, including the families already with a child on the spectrum. Um, to really pass the information along for everyone to appreciate that that nutrition is the foundation not only 
you know, for their own self-optimization, but most certainly for their future pregnancy. One of the things that I often say is it takes more than one month off the birth control pill and a prenatal vitamin to really um, build your best bump um, because we do know that the best way, well, we know, we might know, but not everyone knows that the best way to really detoxify is through gestation or carrying a pregnancy and then through lactation. So my goals in working with families from a preconception standpoint, when we really have that luxury, um, is to work on reducing the body burden. And we can talk about in a little more detail what all of that means, you know, reducing the load of toxins within the body while we are supporting detoxification through good nutrition, and again, we can elaborate further, and then repleting with the nutrients that are necessary for our own biochemical processes to support our own immune systems, our own neurological systems, our own endocrine systems. There is this crosstalk, of course, across all these systems. And, you know, in medicine now, understandably, but there is, everything is very myopic and it's very, um, the body is all, is all divided up by all these various specialties without anyone really examining the crosstalk feature. And we need this nutrition maternally and paternally because after gestation, we need our own strength and resilience to be able, even when everything goes right from a developmental standpoint, children most certainly do um, require a lot of energy. And I've certainly seen plenty of worn out families. So my goal really as a practitioner is really to support the family as a whole. So um because otherwise that little that little baby is going to take all that it needs as it gestates um, from that mama. So it's going to take the good and the bad. It's going to take the nutrients and the skeletal system to build its own and, and build its own neurological system. And it's also going to take with it the, the toxins. Um, so we are reservoirs for all of our environmental toxins. And the biggest interface between um, what is in the outside world and what winds up in our bloodstream is our food supply. So every day when we're consuming what that food has been exposed to brings those exposures into us. But by the same token, the nutrients within that food are what are going to be responsible for our body to um, basically disable that toxin and eliminate it. So the goal needs to be to reduce the load while supporting the detoxification and elimination. And ideally, we want to do all of that before we get pregnant. And, and the same the goes certainly for the, for the father's side because we do know right now fertility issues are quite significant. Um, we're, we're really plagued with infertility, and it's not necessarily just about um, age, right, that, that everyone is attempting to begin their families uh, older in life. So it's not just about older eggs and sperm, but it is really some um, damage to those eggs and sperm from environmental influencers. Um, many of the chemicals that we are exposed to that we 
bathe in and that we lotion our body up with and we use on our hair and skin and nails and toothpaste. Um, many of them contribute to endocrine disruption, which can make it much more challenging when conception comes along. And, and very often reproductive endocrinologists will even talk about, you know, the stress factor because people are, um, you know, in over their head with their careers and they are trying to then also manage the beginnings of a family. Um, or they may already have a child and now they would like to have another child. And, and what everyone may f fail to recognize is that this stress isn't just a, a neck up thing. It's not just in your head. It's physiological and it's body wide that these stressors do create changes biochemically within our body and create what's known as this additional oxidative stress burden. And that oxidative stress produces a lot of what I refer to as metabolic debris. That all needs to be detoxified out of the body as well. But in order to do that, we need a very nutrient-dense diet, and very often when you're burning the candle at both ends, you're just in that grab-and-go food mode, and unfortunately, you're not getting those nutrients that you really need. Yeah, they say people eat about the same seven foods all the time and, and really don't vary the diet as well, and then there are so many things with processed carbohydrates and sugars and alcohol consumption and then antibiotic use over time it, it, with the pesticides in foods it's really important to eat non-gmo and and uh and organic foods whenever possible and just know what to eat and we're going to talk a little bit more about that we're going to when we come back we're going to take a short break uh you're listening to naturally recovering autism i'm your host karen thomas stay with us we Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about maternal and paternal dietary interventions preconception. And we have Jerry Brewster here, registered dietitian and nutritionist. And before the break, we were talking about the importance of reducing your toxic load and supporting some detoxification and elimination. And I know that we need to give you some more information on that. You need to, to understand a little bit more about what that means. But I also really want you to understand that um, reducing stress as much as possible. And I personally know how challenging it is to be a parent of a child with autism. So you're doing your best, but you've got to take time to go for a walk, to go to a yoga class, go to an exercise class, meditate for 10 minutes when you wake up in the morning, do something to calm your system down. And then making sure that you're not eating bad foods, the processed carbohydrates and the sugars and all the junk food that you really don't need. We get so locked in in this uh, society thinking that if we don't have carbohydrates, we're not going to have any energy. Well, vegetables have carbohydrates, so you can get them from there. You don't need breads and cakes and things like that. Um, and glyphosate is a big issue too. You know, it's, it's a chemical sprayed on a lot of our food. So again, um, and Jerry, I think that, that uh, you can further on this subject, uh, but the organic and non-GMO foods are really, really important. So um, what yes, can you add to all of that? Yes, this is not just a warm and fuzzy thought, exactly. That's not, it's not just a warm and fuzzy thought that may be good for us and may be good for our environment. It most certainly is necessary because, to your point, Karen, the pesticides, the glyphosate, even regarding whether or not someone is um, – wanting to debate the issue with regard to gluten, the bread products 
that do contain the dough conditioners and the stabilizers and the mold inhibitors, which all do wreak havoc on our intestinal integrity and can increase gut permeability and inflammation. And our gut is the root of our immune system and neurological system. And if all of that is creating a lot of inflammation throughout our bodies, those inflammatory compounds can inevitably wind up inside of our little gestating bundle. So um, we really do want to eliminate some times people tell me they feel so much better when they're going off of the carbohydrates, but it, it may be certainly the carbohydrates themselves, which may be feeding some non-beneficial bacteria in their gut, just very simply put, or it may in fact be all of these added ingredients that are part of these you know, quote unquote, fresh baked products, but they are not necessarily, they may be fresh baked in a store, but they arrive to that store in a frozen, you know, pre-made, pre-processed um, form. And you mentioned before the break how um, people have very little diet variety and they're often eating the same seven foods. And if their same seven foods are laden with all of these compounds, then they might have certainly not only this high chemical burden within their body, but all of this additional inflammation. And when our bodies are under stress, the more stress that we are experiencing, really the more nutrients we need. And you mentioned those vegetables and the, the whole concept of eating a rainbow every single day, the vegetables and the fruits and those naturally occurring colors those antioxidants that create those colors within that food spectrum are really the compounds that help reduce inflammation and support the detoxification of these other chemicals that make their way into our bodies helps to eliminate all of those. So this is why there needs to be that focus on all of those. And even preconceptually and during gestation studies have shown that the wider the variety of plant-based foods and vegetables and fruits and our bitter greens as well that contain, naturally contain methyl groups and folate and sulfur compounds, those flavors actually then, on a cellular memory standpoint, really imprint themselves in little ones, and it allows them to have a broader palate once they enter into this world. So it um, everything that we're taking in maternally is going to have an influence. And there are many studies, the generational studies that are looked at under the science of epigenetics that generations of dietary changes influence our current genetic expression. So um, there is much to discuss um, people who are either overfed a couple of generations back is going to influence your offspring or famines and food shortages a couple of generations back is going to influence the genetic expression of your offspring. So we truly, truly are what we eat. And um, I think 
people don't necessarily appreciate it because we are living in this medication world. So we're used to a direct um, result. So when people say to me, well, I tried changing my diet and I didn't feel any different. And, and I inquire a little further and they're like, yeah, you know, I, I was eating a salad like every day for like two weeks and it didn't really make any difference. So, you know, I just went back to my burger and it's, you know, um, I understand that, that we live in sort of this, um, instant result and instant gratification society, but every single day we have an opportunity to influence our cells and our cell division and our overall well-being based on what we are ingesting and what we are exposing our body to. And it takes time. And I always use the toothbrushing analogy that, you know, you could brush your teeth twice a day. You might still get a cavity, but you don't say that the toothbrushing isn't working. But we're a little food arrogant because we are in this land of plenty. And we many, unfortunately, are not giving food and what we're ingesting, the value and the respect, quite frankly, that it really needs in terms of influencing our health and well-being. Um, it has truly become a pill for an ill. And even though people want to be healthy, they're not really realizing, you know, the the work that it may require. Yeah, it does take a lot of time. I mean, I, that's where I I have a, a little bit of a sense of frustration, even in my mentoring program. And, uh, you know, m- many times if parents are really diligent and they'll see they'll see differences in a few weeks in their child, like, like extreme focus and sleep and behavioral. Yes, it but takes if they time. Don't, it does. And if they don't see it right away, they think, well, this isn't doing anything and I don't know. And I'll, they'll try to move on to something else. I'm like, if you don't give something enough time, you're not going to see the results. And we're talking about biology. This takes time, especially the greater the toxic load, the more time it can take. We need to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Please stay with us. We will be there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you for being here with us and getting some of the resources that you need to help your child uh, and yourself, because this is about the entire family. And today's subject being maternal and paternal dietary interventions, preconception, and understanding what we talked a little bit about before this last break, that this can be also generation of dietary interventions and how they actually are affecting our, our genetic expressions. So, no, it's not just what you're doing today that ends with you. If you're planning to conceive or have children, even men, your toxic exposure and everything that you have uh, in your system is affecting your DNA, which is affecting your, um, your future children. And these neurotoxic effects can create many developmental delays, including things like cognitive impairment, speech delay, gut dysbiosis. And then if they're, if they're born already susceptible, then they can, um, they're much more susceptible to things that they will experience in the future, such as uh, when they have a, a viral or a more toxic exposure due to a load in vaccination. Sometimes their system just can't take anymore. Uh, there could be uh, more processed foods. A lot of people start taking things, uh, giving their children, you know, um, Cheerios or things like uh, processed, um, you know, rice Goldfish. formulas and things. <laughs> Goldfish. Goldfish. I mean, these foods that we're feeding our children. Yeah, I mean, 
think about it being grown from the ground in, without pesticides and being a real food. And Jerry, I know that you have uh, uh, a study on meconium, which again, explain, you know, for anybody who's not real familiar with meconium, explain what that is and, and what this study is that they found some in- interesting information. Yes, well, and, um, you know, this whole concept of body burden and most certainly then maternal body burden, what we we are carrying in, in our own bodies from a toxic load, um, winds up, as I had said earlier, winds up certainly in our little ones. We I say certainly. A lot of people don't realize that, again, the best way to detoxify is through gestation and lactation. So ultimately we want to support our detoxification well before conception. Um, but what the meconium studies have shown, and even the cord blood studies, is the load of toxins in a newborn infant. So meconium is the first stool of a, that a newborn produces um, at birth. Uh, sometimes if they go into dis- distress while they're being delivered, they may, you know, moms may be familiar with meconium staining or meconium showing so that it may occur um, during delivery. And then there's always a concern to make sure there's not any aspiration of that while they're um, still exposed inside the mom to it. But nonetheless, this meconium and cord blood has been analyzed for toxins, pesticides. They have found even pesticides that have been banned is still showing up, banned 20 years prior, um, DDT. Um, it's still in our environment. These are these persistent organic pollutants or pops that we're all loaded with. This stuff, once it's produced, is in our environment and we have exposure to it. And these exposures then wind up in our little ones. And so they're basically being born with a higher body burden and they're, you know, we detoxify through our gut and our liver is part of our gastrointestinal system and our colon. We detoxify through our skin and we detoxify through our lungs. So when the burden is high and and it's primarily on the gut um, from as soon as this baby is born and it's going to start intaking, that gut has to function and regulate the immune and neurological development of that child. Um, and sometimes, to your point, you know, really have to rally with exposures to um, the germs in the environment that are going to be present naturally, as well as those that they may be in exposed to via vaccinations and injection. So then this little immune system and this rallying um, gut, which is already working on eliminating the body burden that it's born with, has to go into full gear. And this, you know, has been speculated, this overstimulation of the of the gastrointestinal system and then the neurological system may be what roots us in what we're seeing on both the hyperimmune side with the eczema and the asthma and the allergies and the gastrointestinal diseases and disorders, what I used to call certainly like the Miralax and Prilosec babies. They couldn't poop. They were refluxing. They couldn't digest. They were colicky. 
and then and then the hyperneuro response in terms of sensory um, responses that are that are very reactive and also attentional issues as time goes on. So we have both this um, hyper overreactive immune and neurosystem. It was all rooted initially in that little gut, which was all brought into this world a little burdened. <laughs> so, um, and then most certainly, um, you know, for one reason or another, if babies um, can't be nursed or put to breast right away, they are given formulas, which are, you know, whole milk cow protein formulas, which are large molecular proteins and, and very challenging to digest for many. So um, the disruption that occurs in those very early days, unfortunately, can set the stage for some of what we're seeing with um, our children. So this is where trying to prepare preconceptionally in order to really optimize a mom's gestational um, uh, capacity is, is really what I like to focus on. Right, because this is really about the whole family. Um, again, in, in my mentoring program, I tell people, you follow this program exactly like you're doing it for your child with autism because if you do all this great work for your child but you're not doing anything for yourself, if you kiss on the lips, you share a glass of water, you breathe directly in their face, you share a spoon, you're transferring those germs continually back and forth. And things like Lyme and strep are transferred in utero and through breast milk. So it's important to know these things that it's not just our child that needs some help and work done with their health. It's also the parents as well and the siblings. We're going to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. Stay with us. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we're talking about maternal and paternal dietary interventions and preconception. Because what's happening is that we have a, a toxic overload in our system and then we pass it on to our baby. And then, as I mentioned, you know, then the whole family can keep passing it around because we often have issues of these co-infections, as you've heard me talk about on the show before, if you've, if you've been uh, listening in for a while, I've, I've really tried to educate you. And I do, again, in my online free online workshop that I mentioned um, uh, that, that you can go to now to learn more about how we, we get these strep, mold, and, uh, and, and Lyme infections, we can pass in utero and through breast milk. And so it's important that Everybody is being uh, being worked with for their, their the health of the entire family, not just the child. And this can um, this can also also be something. And, and I know Jerry, that you you have some things that you wanted to to talk about with the the co-infection. So why don't you go ahead and share that? Yes. Well, you know, there's uh, this subject matter is so rich with information. But as I was mentioning before, with regard to these challenges, so to speak, that a little one is, is born into this world with, um, with this higher body burden of what it's pulled in from mom. Um, and then I, I talked about then, of course, it's even dealing with just sort of the, the outside germs and bacteria and getting a foothold uh, immunologically to just that. But to your point, Karen, 
there are also all of, you know, these, you know, babies are getting some good immune antibodies from mom during gestation and birth and lactation, certainly from the, the pre-milk, um, the colostrum and, and the rest of that breast milk has to offer. But they are also picking up all of the other infections that mom is carrying. So optimizing their gestational experience and their gut function and hence their overall immune system, which then spills over into their neurological development before, during, and after is going to help them manage those co-infections because this is why we hear that some people can essentially carry these co-infections and live with them without them causing the disease and, and disruption that they do for many because unfortunately we are cultivating more of a, of a playing field for them to manifest rather than be eliminated or managed immunologically. Yes. And it's important, too, that, you know, as parents, especially moms, have taken so much of the blame that or the responsibility behind their child um, if they have autism. And, you know, it's we don't know what we don't know. And, And, you know, the whole point is to really just educate yourself, do your best and not, you know, don't don't have guilt about the past because, you know, you really didn't know. And, and that's, that's really important. I always say that to my parents that I'm working with. It's that this is a guilt-free zone. So when we're speaking, it's for information and education because we don't know what we don't know. But to, to your whole mission and my mission and my practice is to provide as much information beforehand so we can hear fewer moms say, I wish I had known. But, you know, we are living in, in a time where we're barely able to keep up. We're not, there's so many changes in our environment that have really nothing to do with what had in the past been um, just sort of n- normal evolutionary changes. Uh, we are really not able to adapt fast enough. I mean, from this industrial age, I mean, this last 150 years has kind of um, completely changed the the playing field for us as human beings. And our the human genome study is a recent is recent information and and the microbiome studies. I mean, these were just completed in this century. We are just reaching back. We talk about this all the time, the term microbiome, and there are like 9,000 studies that were published last year on just the microbiome alone and the influence of the microbiome on our genetic expression and the interplay between, um, you know, genetics and and our gut. But our gut is everything that it's fed on everything that we're consuming, so everything is linked together, and the information can really be overwhelming. And all of this is influencing us faster that, than we can keep up with. I always use the example just even in terms of the recommendations that are made through the American Academy of Pediatrics now with regard to early food exposure. Um, you know, 
this is not something that we had to concern ourselves with in terms of early, early desensitization to peanuts and tree nuts. Um, you know, there was a time really when our our gut integrity was so intact and had the opportunity to get a foothold that it could determine friend from foe regardless of when these foods were introduced. And now that is really shifting in the United States and worldwide. And now early exposure is being recommended. It's not something that, you know, most two to four month olds were not being exposed to peanut butter, you know, um, 50, 60, 70 years ago, just for the sake of desensitization. So um, the rules are changing. And there's uh, a lot happening constantly. Um, and so this is why we really would like to work towards getting everyone up to snuff from a preconception standpoint with the information we currently have. So we could at least work with that. And, you know, just to, from a more simply said, I always just focus on those three key points. It's like reducing body burden thereby reducing inflammation and supporting detoxification and then repleting with all these key nutrients that we need maternally for ourselves as well as ultimately for our offspring. Um, because there are many moms that have been born now who are planning on gestating who they themselves have been the recipients of many pharmaceuticals and much processed food, and that was their normal. So we need to begin kind of by reverse engineering that whole process for them and getting them ready for conception. And understanding, too, that once you conceive, if you're hearing this this information right now and you happen to um, uh, be pregnant at this time, to not throw yourself into a big detoxification because you don't Correct. want to be dumping those toxins into your child. And into I know your it's concerning. And then your child. Right. And we can we have to take a short break right here. But when we come back, we can touch on this briefly. We'll just have a little bit of time left, but stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and today we're talking about maternal and paternal dietary interventions, preconception, and anything that we discussed on the show today, including Jerry Brewster's uh, contact information, will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 63. That's the uh, page for the show notes today. 
And uh, there's a lot of information here knowing that, you know, you want to reduce the body's burden and reduce the inflammation. And part of that really starts with diet and then also supporting detoxification. But again, you don't want to throw yourself into a detoxification process if you're uh, if you've already conceived and you happen to be uh, that's a slow slow process and anybody who is in my mentoring program knows that i'm like this is not a sprint it is a marathon and the slower you go the better don't be so eager that you just throw yourself or your child into this really fast detoxification because it's so important that this process be done slowly so that the the liver and the gallbladder and, and the body uh, can keep up with the pace of those toxins releasing. And if it doesn't, those toxins will start getting backed up again and redistribute back into the body. And that's why I do everything naturally and safely, including the heavy metal detoxification that, that, that I use is very, very important because what you'll use at the doctor DMSA allows for redistribution and reabsorption of those toxins as it's being excreted. So it's not safe and not and, and not something that I personally um, suggest, but um, I just want you to know that. So we just, Jerry, have just a couple of minutes left. So any tips that you would want to give parents for the do's and don'ts? Oh, well, I think certainly the first do is to kind of really assess everything that you're intaking and using on your body and try to go as clean as possible. So I could even very simply refer people not only to my buildyourbestbump.com website, that's all one word together, buildyourbestbump.com or my own website, Jerry Brewster. Um, dot com, but um, also the Environmental Working Group or EWG um, dot org has um, fabulous website that with lots of resources and information and reducing your body burden. And then, of course, from a repleting with good nutrients, there is information, as I mentioned, on on uh, both of my websites as well. Yeah, the environmental toxin factor is huge, and um, and my my book also has a whole entire chapter on the various different uh, uh, types of environmental toxins and resources to help you get through that. So that is there for you as well. And um, it's really important. And again, I'm going to be doing a live webinar next week uh, that, uh, that you can register for. Follow me on Facebook, Naturally Recovering Autism, or go to my website. And I also write there on the homepage have a seven foods to eliminate guide that are the top seven foods that you want to uh, eliminate from your child's diet um, that can help reduce the symptoms of autism that you can notice pretty quickly if you uh, start to follow that. And, um, and that's a downloadable PDF and you add your email in to get that so that I know where to send it. And that will put you on my mailing list. And if you do that, I will make sure you will have an email about the live webinar that I'll be doing next week. And that will be about dietary interventions and how to, to, to um, transition your child through that picky eating process because I'm well aware of how challenging it can be to change a child's diet. And oh, I have yes. really tips that I want to give you for that. <laughs> So, yeah, and know that when you switch diets and you pull out some of the bad foods, your your body's, your child's body will detoxify alone just from that process. 
So you want to be able to to know how to kind of weaning them off the bad foods because even gluten and casein, the proteins in dairy and wheat, they create opiates in a system just like an opiate drug so that your child can be literally addicted like a drug addict to these foods mm-hmm. where they might go into full tantrums if you take them away. So it's a it's a process and I understand that that's what I'm, I want to help you with that. Um, again, so either uh, follow me on Facebook or get on to get that free seven foods guide on my uh, homepage at naturallyrecoveringautism.com. And then that can um, then that can give you a lot of help right there. But we can also uh, get into this in that live webinar that we'll be doing that I'll be doing for you next week. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And Jerry, thank you again for being here with us for your time as well. Thank you, Karen, and all your wonderful work. Thanks. Uh, Bye now. Absolutely. Bye-bye, everybody.